everyone welcome to the mtg painful truths podcast this is episode number nine i'm your host Britt wagner joining me as always is my good buddy cole cole how have you been i've been good as always you know same old same old busy 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 but otherwise you know excited to to be getting into the new set coming out yeah i know that's exactly what we're going to be talking about this week the dope cards of innistrad crimson vow uh this one i said was going to be shorter uh we were talking about this a little before uh we will see i the last one was supposed to be pretty quick it took three hours so we'll try to power through these and we also do want to go over the 20k results uh that happened this past week it was it was not great it was not great call uh it was it was okay for me yeah you you played uh pokemon you played pokemon uh instead. and i got money yeah okay well that makes one of us i did not make money <laughs> uh but we'll go over that in a bit uh cole why don't we go ahead and just jump right into the the spoilers oh, the so ones that we care about. yeah so we're gonna do the same kind of format as before uh where we're just gonna go in color order so white blue black red green uh then we'll do gold and colorless and lands if there's anything interesting we'll bring up uh i'm gonna focus a little bit more about uh the uh eternal formats a little bit more uh, not t- not too much, I don't think, but just cards that I think are interesting. I'm our resident a resident standard guy, so right, yeah. We... I don't even play the format, but I, I I think I could take pot shots at what what might be good. No, sure, yeah. So we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, I will lead us off with uh, a card that I think it's pretty. Uh, I think it's very powerful, but I don't think you'll quite see eternal play actually. But it's. For limited, it's amazing. Uh, standard, I think it could be very good. It's by invitation only. Three white, white for sorcery. Choose a number between zero and thirteen. Each player sacrifices that many creatures. This is one I, I thought maybe in a. Uh, it, it, I don't. This probably won't even see pioneer play. I don't think. But if you're a mid range white deck, maybe as a maybe it's just a card where it's like all right i have five creatures i have three so i'll choose three and i keep my two best creatures just that kind of effect it seems incredibly powerful uh i think this could really just like knock the socks off of people yeah i mean there, we've always seen the uh the weird white control decks kind of run around um so i mean it kind of fits that pretty well yeah it's it's yeah it certainly does i I, I do like it, and it's just five minute board wipe that you know you just shoot, like you just control deck. It's just all right. Choose thirteen, destroy your four creatures. Well, I mean the, the other big thing about it that a lot of people don't really, uh, or not a lot of people, but that some people haven't really kind of noticed about it is it is sacrifice, so it does get around uh, indestructible. Right. Yeah. So uh, you know, pesky indestructible creatures have usually always been some kind of problem in the past, and. You can just be like, hey, uh, we each sacrifice a creature. Oh, goodbye, Ulmog, the Ceaseless Hunger, or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just think it's, with your head, that's just, like, puts you way ahead. So that's why I kind of like about this card, too. And when you're behind it, it just it puts you right back to parity. I like this card. I, think, I, I, I mean, I, I definitely think it's okay. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's quite quite all right uh next one i i I don't think this will see pioneer play uh or i don't think it'll see modern play it's five mana it doesn't win the game which i think that's kind of the bar sometimes uh pioneer maybe not not too sold on that i know i uh i definitely have a card that uh i saw that i was super stunned by i never even 
like heard of a card like it. Uh, Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. <laughs> okay, I've heard of this. I, I've, I've heard never heard card. of this card. I a two minute two one first strike and non creature spells cost one more. I think is insane. I uh, I I am stunned. You think this might be good in in modern? Uh, I definitely. So there have been humans like Thalia's lieutenant, which is kind of weird that they named a card prior to a card's existence. I, you know, maybe she's big in the story. Um, <laughs> you know, for past sets, but like, I mean, you know, you could make her a three-two with first strike. Kind of helps humans, uh, you know, stay in the game longer. And also, just you know, the 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 deck death and taxes. You know, I think it's always needed something in the two-drop slot that wasn't Stoneforge Mystic, and I think this is just what it needed. Sure. I do think like this card it may have uh, some sort of impact in Pioneer actually because this is it Pioneer legal uh, legal at... anything it, it's not out yet <laughs> huh okay um, I do think this actually could have an impact in in, in uh, Pioneer with Phoenix being one of the top decks and all, you know my favorite deck tw- uh, Lotus Field uh, just a deck that just really wants to combo this will force you to have to have a barrel which didn't really need it but now it definitely needs it it's just a real talk i I definitely think the card could uh like i mean there's a green white company deck in pioneer right now i think it's still in pioneer i haven't looked in a hot minute but like with archon of amiria right company and um you know this this card is good for that deck oh oh yeah it's just a good good uh hate bear and yeah, if it's just bad, you just board it out. Yeah, like, I, I think it's... I mean, a 2-1 first strike. Like, obvi- I, I definitely know this card. Um, haha. But, um... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think she, she'll she see Pioneer play. And I know people are talking about her for standard. Uh, you know, give Mono White Aggro uh, a good card against uh, the Epiphany decks so they can't on-curve it uh, sure. as yeah. well. I definitely think, though, unfortunately, it makes Maul worse. Oh, right, yeah. That's, uh, no, it makes it cost five. Is it five? I thought Maul it's... was three. Uh, Maul. I, I thought it was one, two white, white. I thought it was, uh, one white and two. It might be four. No, no, you're right. You're right. Two and a white. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Re- the re-equip is four, is four mana. Yeah, I know but the yeah, re-equip, uh... but the re-equip doesn't exist. No, 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 no. You play this, you win the game. Yeah, like, if the creature that thing dies attached to it, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> this, it's, Maul it's is a now an artifact. Text. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, but I, I'm excited about Thalia being in, in Pioneer. Actually, no, I'm not. I, it's it's going to be a nightmare. Well, I know you're me. not, but, like, I, I am. I think, like, Green White Company, I think, I'm sure there will be a Humans variant uh, that could play her. I know in Historic, there's a Green White Humans deck. This was, the card was, it was talked about on my other podcast, uh, I think it was back when it was uh, the Pioneer cast, about, someone asked what would be a good modern card to enter Pioneer, and they mentioned Thalia, it, it, I believe it was discussed at the time, and they said that they didn't think it would have a huge impact in Pioneer, just because, um, I don't remember, I, 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 I don't know what span of time it was, I don't know if like Inverter was the deck that people were worried about, so maybe that's was just the problem a of this and may and you know it has a it's a fatal push format too so it's just like all right two mana kill it so i i I don't know but i think in this format it could definitely be a little bit more interesting 
Uh, oh, yeah. With, I, I with definitely... uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, Lotus Field. I mean, like, and and like we said, a two-minute, two-one first striker is also just pretty relevant right now. Right. Oh, Jessica Ascendancy too. That that's certainly a combo deck. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and that that's been trending up a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. Uh, I want I want to go over my next card. Uh, Faithbound Judge. Uh, one one white. This is a spirit soldier. It's a three mana four four defender flying vigilance. The being upkeep faith bound judge has two or fewer judge counters on it. Put a judgment counter on it. As long as it has three or more judgment counters on it, it can attack as though it did have defender. The interesting part also is it has disturb for for five white white. So if you have seven mana and it's in the graveyard, you can cast it. On the Disturb side, I don't have it pulled up, but I will click this and have it. Okay, so it has Enchant Player. Uh, at the beginning of upkeep, put a Judgment Counter on Sinner's Judgment. And then if there are three or more Judgment Counters on it, Enchanted Player loses the game. As the same, if this would be put to Graveyard for Anywhere, Exile instead. Just like tip these, all, these, all the Disturb cards too. But I thought of this as a good... A uh, good body for a control style deck that has text on both sides where it's just a good blocker. And if you just happen, and it's just like a suspend three win the game, literally built in. So, But it does cost a lot of mana and does have to go in the graveyard. But I, I did like this quite a bit as a like a control finisher. Yeah, I, do, I, I definitely think it's okay. I don't know about like modern play or anything like that, but I think for like Pioneer or Standard, like it's not bad. I mean, like, if you're a control deck in Standard or Pioneer, you're just, like, 3-mana 4-4 blocker that can maybe turn into a 4-4 attacker. And then if not, you just, it dies, and then, like, you control the board out, and then, you know, like, turn 12, you're like, all right, 7-mana. Like, good luck. Right, and it it, it can close the game. It's a 4-4 Flying Vigilance attacker. It just, it can keep blocking, and it can, it's still evasive. This can just win the game in in a control shell, the front step, the front side of it. And it's not legendary, so you just like play a second one. You just play twelve of them. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Um, but I I do actually like this card quite a bit for especially in st- standard, maybe pioneer, and very doubtful for for modern. Just no, unfortunately, modern isn't the format for super gimmicks. <laughs> right. Right. You gotta. Yeah, you gotta play more powerful cards for for the modern format, I would say. Um, I guess the next one is also a spirit of mine. Uh, we talked about this just a moment ago. It's Fleeting Spirit. It's actually an uncommon card from from the set. It's a two mana three one. Uh, spirit, no flying. It has white exile three cards from your graveyard. Fleeting Spirit gains first strike until end of turn. So you get the first strike as a three power attacker. And also bottom text uh, to discard a card, exile fleeting spirit, and then return to the battlefield under its owner control at the beginning of the next end step. So at the so kind of just like dredge timing. It's at the end of the second main. Uh, you could flat like bring this back into under the battlefield. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's definitely a unique take on the two mana three ones that Wizards likes to do lately. Because usually we usually we've gotten like the ones that are like pay for life, give it indestructible, 
discard a card, give it indestructible. And this one's like, hey, you discard a card, bring it back. Right. It just has like the it blinks itself, and you just you could present it as a chump blocker, and then you just bring it back. I I I think this card I I like it. Maybe I'm probably a little too high on it, but I think there's a lot of text around it, so it, it kind of it's interesting to me. I'm definitely a fan of it for standard. Uh, you know, in that white aggro strategy we were talking. Yeah, I do too. You know, like you're gonna have Thalia, you're gonna have this card. Like you're gonna have uh, there's a couple other white cards like Luminarch. Ashburn is still in standard. Oh right, yeah. And that card is gross. <laughs> so you know. It also just has text to to utilize your graveyard in white, which you know white never gets to do anyways. You know, like hey, you have all these dead dudes, like turn them into a or help make this a three one first striker. It also makes lands better, you know, like if you draw them and you're like, all right, like you know, you're white aggro and you're like, drat, I drew a land, but you look at your graveyard and you have one of these and you're like, oh, sick, right? Yeah, and it does like it. If you have two of these out and they play a sweeper, you're like you have these almost like a, as a flash for just pitching cards. So I yeah, and it doesn't cast it either, so harder harder to interact with it too. Yeah, yeah, cards free sweet. I, I, like, I it. like it. Uh, next, actually, this is the last white card I have, and then we'll do the same uh, patterns last time. If if I miss something, Cole will call me an idiot and point out a card, and then uh, oh, I will. He knows it. Okay, last one I have is uh, Welcoming Vampire. It's a two oh, and a you white. Beat me. Okay, two and a white for two three flyer uh, creature vampire. Whenever one or more creatures with power two or less enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card, and you can only trigger this once a turn. I don't. This it's pretty strong, but I didn't know exactly the shell I, that would vision. I just immediately thought of like Soul Herder decks in modern. And this is not going to be a modern card. I, I can't imagine this being a modern card, but... Uh, a um, lot of people are hyping it up for modern. Are they? Okay. Yeah, um, like, unfortunately, they, they nerfed it like they nerf every white card, which is you can only draw one card a turn. Right. If they would have put that on like a blue card or something, it would have been like, draw your whole deck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, there I've seen Death and Taxes players talk about it. I've seen Soul Herder decks talk about it. Like... There, there are modern players that are looking to this card. Huh. I guess I'm hanging around the wrong crowds. I, it, it does read very strong. And, you know, it, a lot of the the degenerate combo decks, the, the creatures don't have, like, their power to or less anyway. So um, so it seems seems pretty good. I mean, it works it's a 3-mana 2-3 flyer. Right. And that's, that's not embarrassing. Yeah, like... You can play it in Coco decks too, and it draws a card when it sees the other creature. Like, I mean, it's 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 not it is it's not that bad, right? And oh, if you get two two of these, you could draw two cards. They'll each see each other. So I, I definitely, I, I definitely think it's a cool card. I do I'm, too. I I don't out of the white cards we talked about, like it, it's kind of hard to say with standard sets nowadays, like what's going to be the the next up and comer. You know, I, uh, so I, I definitely think it's up there though. I, I like it a lot. Right. Oh, I do too. Um, but that's all I have for white. Is there anything that you think I missed? Uh, honestly for white, I, I will admit white definitely got a lot better this set. 
Uh, I know a buddy of mine plays Enchantress. He's actually was on this episode. His name is Roger. Um, or not this episode, but he was on. Yep. Plays Enchantress and Hollowed Haunting. I know he was the card he was talking about. Uh, The mythic that's four mana. As long as you control seven or more enchantments, creatures you control uh, have flying and vigilance. And then whenever you cast enchantment spell, create a white spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of uh, spirits you control. Hmm. So the first one's a 1-1, one, one, then you'll get two 2-2s, two, two, then three 3-3s. Three, yeah, so he, so he talked about just as something, you know, kind of like Sigil making a 5-5. Five, five, uh, this, uh, I know he talked about this just to have in addition. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how good enchantments is. I don't know if they would want this card, but I definitely think it's something unique. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much it for me for white. I'm double checking, but yeah, that looks like it. So we can move on to everyone's favorite color, blue, green. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, unfortunately, not too many green cards for me. That made me really sad. Uh, yeah, there there's not a whole whole lot. No, there's some unique gimmick ones, but besides that, not really. Oh, there, yeah, there's some hyped ones. There's certainly some hyped green cards in the set. Um. But the first one I have is uh, Dream Shackle Geist. This is yet another uh, spirit. Uh, for three mana, so one blue blue for a three one flying spirit. At the beginning of your co- of combat on your turn, choose one, tap a creature or target creature. Does it untap during its controller's next untap step? Uh, immediately, uh, this is it's it's Shackle Geist. Uh, very similar text to Shackle Geist, including the name, Dream Shackle Geist, uh, where you just, at the beginning of combat, you just tap down something, and or if something is you know, already tapped, you just keep it tapped, which I think is pretty pretty strong on a spirit. Yeah, but the, you're, uh, you're the third person to ask about this, though, so I'll, I'll have you take it from here. Yeah, I play, I've played spirits for a long time. I, um, I like it. I think I've played in spirits. Like, it um, your three drop spot is pretty you know pretty restrictive because it's you know you have uh your lord and then you have spell queller, um, and then skyclave apparition being one of the best cards ever. But like I I think it's fine like it's a good card. I just I I know we talked about it a little bit before. I know lava dart isn't as played in this format, which always scared me with things being X ones that I like. Um. I can definitely see this card seeing play. I know there's a there's a couple of spirits in the set that I'd, I'd like to see, like, kind of run around. Just people test and whatnot. Right. Maybe uh, Bant Spirits in Pioneer? Do you think it might have a home there? Oh, I, yeah. I think uh, a lot of spirits in this set uh, can have a home going into, uh, into Pioneer, definitely. Right. Yeah. It's just harder to compete with it in Modern because, like, you have the best three mana lord that they printed in Innistrad. Right. X proof is pretty good, so yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, look, so that's all I got for this one. So next on my uh, my list is Geralt Visionary Stitcher, two and a blue for a one four uh, legendary creature, human, wizard. Zombies have flying, and you. Pay blue, tap, 
Giraffe, sacrifice another non-token creature, create XX blue zombie creature token with X is a sacrifice creature's power. So if it's a 5-5 creature... Or it's a, yeah okay I'm sorry yeah if it's a O5 creature it's a five five blue zombie creature instead now or whatever um, I only I guess uh, I I liked it just as the like absent falconer style card where you just played that and then your token creatures have flying this is your zombies now have flying so I I kind of just imagined him draw off as this kind of a finisher potential finisher the tap ability I don't think is very interesting but i might be wrong about that uh i definitely agree as in falconer i mean giving token creatures flying was a big deal and um i mean we have decayed zombies still and this thing just says decayed zombies fly <laughs> right which um like and that was a big problem with decayed zombies is like they are tutus that you throw and you get pretty easily but like the format's so big right now for standard at least that's like, yeah, throwing a 2-2 two -two into like a 5-5 five -five doesn't feel very good. And it's like, even though it dies or whatever. Um, so this is just saying, hey, my 2-2s two fly. You know, I'll throw 10 of them and you have like five ground creatures. It doesn't matter. Like mono green. Right. Like they have a literal two mana, was it two mana 4-3? The stupid werewolf. Yeah. And then the Cadillac. Like, I mean... That's a that's a four mana four four essentially that makes two right. two twos. Yeah, yeah. It's getting aloes in the car. It that makes an additional two two. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I don't think this card's terribly impressive. I it I don't I, don't I see think it's it unique modern. for for the for the kind of decks that it would be played in. Yeah, yeah. Square map. Uh, next I have is Hulk Breaker, a Hulk Breaker Horror. It's a chunky boy, seven mana, so a five blue blue for seven eight. Uh, creature Kraken Horror with Flash. This spell can't be countered, and when you cast a spell, choose up to one. Return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand, so that's unsubstantiate. And return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So you just cast a spell you do either of those effects and it doesn't uh and it's uncounterable i think it's i think this card's pretty cool um it's probably maybe a little too much mana to be to have a home but maybe I'm, i've been wrong plenty of times before i think in pioneer and standard like yeah. i mean like it having flash is a big deal that i mean that's a big part of torrential gear hulk six mana it's a five six flash body on top of just a powerful recast an instant this this effect is just like on top of it just being a great body it just ha continues to have really awesome effects yeah, oh yeah if you protect it and and you just uh, have eight man you cast this they have some sort of removal spell like, all right i will cast consider and now i'll put this back in hand or you know you can't protect it of course that costs a lot of man you have to do it all over again but it, it does have kind of protection built into itself so I kind of like it. kind of like it. Uh, anything else interesting? The art's pretty cool. Are you just talking about that card in general? Or yeah, it's blue? a card. Yeah. The, no, I have, I, have more, I have a lot more blue cards. Okay, I was like, I, I got blue cards. No, yeah, I think, I think it's... Yeah. I mean, All we right. talked about like Pioneer playing Lockmere Serpent. 
as a finisher. So I mean, like, <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Right. Uh, the next one I have this one. This card I think is is pretty interesting. It's inspired idea. It's two and a blue for a sorcery, uh, and it has an alternative cleave cost. Uh, I'm just gonna read them as two separate cards. So two and a blue. You get draw three cards. Your maximum hand size is reduced by three for the rest of the game. So your hand size is four, or you can pay five mana, three blue blue, and draw three cards. I initially thought of this as like a if I'm some sort of like teamer slash Sultai mid range deck where your hand size doesn't matter, this just kind of allows you to reload in the mid game. So I, in that spot, it would be like a sideboard card or something. And then it has the ad text of just pay two additional mana and you just draw three for five mana, draw three. But I think for three mana, draw three, I think it's still, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I am. Um... I don't know. It's interesting. I'm I've kind of in the same boat. Like I don't know how to think about it right now. The big the biggest text on that card that really gets me is sorcery. Yeah, and, and that's why I kind of immediately thought that it would be in a mid like a control deck would not play this. I don't think like a like a basic bitch. Well, we have memory delusion for control right now. Right, yeah, there, there's so much better you can do in, in control shells, but I just thought three mana draw three in a mid-range style deck of just, uh, it would be pretty strong, but I, th- I thought it was okay. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, I don't know, I, it doesn't turn me off. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought this was maybe a little bit, I was a little bit higher on this than kind of the average uh, person. But, yeah. I'm definitely not, like, turned away. I'll, I'll admit that. I'm definitely not, like, Oh wow, this card is terrible. Right. But I definitely am not like, oh my god, if you're not talking about this card, then you're you're insane. <laughs> right. Well, I think we talked enough about this this card, so let, I'll go into the next one. Overcharge Amalgam. It's a four mana, two blue blue for a three three flash uh, creature zombie horror. With flash, I'm sorry. It has flash and flying and exploits, which means you, when this enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. When overcharged amalgam exploits a creature, uh, counter target spell activated ability or triggered ability. So basically, it's four mana disallow, and you can exploit or with four mana disallow, or you can uh, or just flash flyer or both. That's probably a terrible I, way I to think this describe card is very it. Good. I think it's really good too. You could just throw away a, a, a worthless creature, and you get a three-three flash body, and you just counter a spell or you know whatever. Trigger or worst case, it's just four mana disallow. Yeah, four mana disallow. Yeah. Like, and you have to get rid of it. Like, I think the card has a lot of text. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I, I think this card's very cool. Like. Um... I don't know if it's ever going to see modern play. I don't know if there, I think you could see pioneer play. Um, <laughs> Seems to be a pattern with most of the cards. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The bar is so high for modern, to be fair, but this yeah, one. Yeah, modern's a busted format. So, yeah. I mean, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like this card a lot, though. That's why our podcast usually sticks to talking about cards that could be in pioneer. Right. It's a lot easier to do that than be like, yeah, does this card just win the game? No. All right. You're right. Uh, next one uh, on my list is Scattered Thoughts. 
This is a common card uh, for four mana, three and a blue. Instant. You threw me off. I have to find this card. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's it's in the bulk pile. Yeah, I know. I'm looking for it. You keep going. All right. So it's four mana uh, as an instant. Scattered thoughts. Uh, look at the top four cards of your library. Put two of those cards in your hand and the rest in your graveyard. So this is very similar to, to uh, pieces of the puzzle. Uh, one more mana and it's an instant. As opposed to three mana and a sorcery. Um, but I, I thought this could potentially even scale up a little bit. Um, it's like similar to like Gifts Ungiven to um, It's probably not as good as that card. But I, I thought this was a pretty good card. And instead of going to the bottom like these typical four mana draw spells do. They go to the graveyard which is a, kind of a better spot for cards to be. So I, I like this card quite a bit. I think it's okay. I just think with Memory Delusion, most formats right now, like, Memory Delusion being dig through time. No, right, yeah. I, I definitely, definitely, definitely true. Um, This would have to be, you'd have to care about cards going in the graveyard Yeah. to pick this over Memory Deluge, and that's kind of a tight um, caveat to, to choose it. I, th- I think it's alright, though. No, I think it's alright. I definitely think it's a very powerful common. Right. And the last... Alright, so I just have one more blue card. It's Wash Away. It's uh, another cleave kind of split card. Uh, you can either play... So it's a blue instant. You can counter-target spell that wasn't cast for this owner's hand, and or alternative cost is uh, cancel. So one blue-blue counter-target spell. I like, me, the card. I like it too and it definitely has modern potential just uh the immediate thought is it stops cascade uh and it stops that's the big one for me it stops cascade and it stops uh like flashback from snapcaster mage uh wish or does it never see play anymore <laughs> i know yeah i know <laughs> what a modern um, format right so this th- this kind of competes with uh I like uh, am I, I, fluster. I, I suppose like Flusterstorm is like it would compete for that same slot in a sideboard. It, it could. I think it just has. It has a really good upside on it because it's like, all right, I'm against Cascade, and they're taking seven years to Cascade because they have right. like a controlly hand, and then this just turns into three mana cancel. Right, and in, in certain games where you know it's just these those games go longer. There and you know the. The Cascade opponent may like say, "All right, I'm going to cast Teferi first. If you're playing like Drew and Jacob's preferred build of uh of Rhinos, they may go, "All right, cast Teferi. This is a forced. You have to counter this one. And then if they counter it, then they go for this. But this has the alternative text to just cancel. Yeah. Whereas Flusterstorm would just be at that point just be a dead card. Also, Flusterstorm has to counter a uh. It's in a sorcery. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If Teferi is on the table, and well, you know, all counter spells are now dead, but this can answer a Teferi being cast by just being a cancel. Yeah. So I think I'd be interested to see, and it was interesting, uh, talk about Titan sideboards a little bit. There was a moment we played Swan Song, which might just be a little underplayed, because it does... Uh, so Swan Song counters an instant... Sorcery or enchantment spell for blue, and the controller gets a two bird flying a bird. Um, so there's also there's also like 
we also have that. I, I don't know. That, that's kind of it. But I think Wash Away is a pretty interesting card, and it may. I think this one could definitely have the potential to be modern playable. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I think it's okay. Yeah. I don't think it's any kind of mystical dispute because that card was insane. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it, that if that had such a huge impact everywhere it was legal. Yeah. It it was it, like it was in an Oko format. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Can you counter my Oko on turn three? No. Good luck. <laughs> Well, I think we're done. <laughs> Good job, opponent. High five. <laughs> uh, but that's so. That's that's the end of my blue cards. Is there anything that anything else oh, that's you know? To? I'm gonna talk about the mythic cemetery illuminator. All right. Um, I, I only have a couple, honestly. So I think cemetery illuminator is cool for spirits. We talked about it a little bit prior to us starting the episode. Right. Um, so it's a three mana two three flyer. It's a part of the cycle of when it enters the battlefield, you exile a card. Uh, except this one has if it attacks also, um, which some of them do have that. Um, you may look at the top card of your library at any time, and then uh, once each turn, you may cast a spell from the top of your library if it shares a card type with the card exiled with it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I've played Spirits for a long time. I think this card's really cool for Spirits. Um, sometimes Spirits is pretty reliant to drawing cards, uh, depending on the variant you're playing for Spirits, if you're playing Bant or if you're playing Blue-White. Um, this just lets you go, all right, I have a dead dude in the graveyard. I'll eat him with this. Like I'll put this into play with the Aether Vial. I'll eat this, and then my top card... And you have a Rattle Chains out, you know, Mystical Magical Wonderland or whatever. And then you reveal, which isn't even really that mystical, honestly. But you reveal, like you you look at your top card and you're like, oh, it's a it's a lord. So then you flash in the lord on their turn with this thing. Then on your turn, you draw a card, you draw land. You look at the top card, it's another lord. And you're like, whoa, okay. <laughs> or like even just another dude, right? Like to give you yep. a, another avenue of drawing cards, essentially, is is very good. And this had the corner case of it does exile a card from a graveyard, which you know you want to just do creature, obviously, exile a creature, but you could just nap a relevant creature on your opponent's board too. Well, I mean, it, it also doesn't want to attack, so you can right. do it. You can do it for your one time. I mean, if you have two lords, they can't kill it. So you do it your one time, and then you're like, all right, for the rest of this game, this thing's just eating cards out of my opponent's graveyard. Right. And then, like you know, it makes Murktide smaller. Um, Via they can't cast it. Uh, sure, right. And, and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, Goyfs, you know. Uh, I know those are pseudo-relevant right now in the format, so... I don't know, I think the card's cool. I, I definitely think out of the cycle of those cards, I think it's my favorite. Um, I know we're going to talk about the red one, which a lot of people think is going to be pretty impactful uh, around the, the universe. Um... So, uh, another card for me, uh, Jacob Hauken Inspector, uh, not Jace Vice President. I think it's love text. Very similar to the card. I mean, that's how I read it. I just read it for the front side of Jace Vice President, basically. Yeah. Um. So, like, two mana O two that does Jace things. It unfortunately isn't as easy to flip as Jace is. Or just was, you know? It's not a planeswalker on the other side. Do, do, you, do you mind reading it? 
Oh, yeah, 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 of course. So it's a two-mana O2, uh, blue and one. Uh, tap, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand face down. Um, you may look at that card as long as it remains exiled. You may pay four and two blue. If you do, transform Jacob Halkin Inspector. And then on the backside, it's a big ol' uh, enchantment. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at that card for as long as it remains exiled. And then once during each of your turns, you may play a land or cast a spell from among the cards exiled with the permanent without paying its mana cost. So effectively, you kind of draw an extra card. And then sense. you get a free spell a turn. Right, yeah. Because uh, he does. it's the same permanent. Like, Jacob Halkin and the other side are the same thing. Right, yeah. So, right. like, all the cards that you exile with Jacob as well, as long as he lives through it. Right, And, and yeah. being a two-minute O2 is uh, not very likely he survives whatever yeah. he's going through. He dies to every piece of removal ever. Oh, yeah. But so did Jace, Vice President. I think the biggest difference, though, is Vice President discarded a card, not exile a card. And he became a planeswalker. And you didn't have to invest anything else into it. And then, like, also minus give a card flashback was pretty gross. But, um, I think he's okay. If, if I'm going to be completely honest. I, I think he'll see some play. I'm sure Standard will pick him up in some degree. Uh, Pioneer might. Like, I don't think so, though, because we do already have Jason Pioneer. Right. And if you want yeah. that effect of, like, a two-minute O2 that does something, like, Jason already does it. Yeah. Um, and then my last card for blue that I think is unique is, uh, and I know a lot of people have talked about it. A lot of people message me too about it for some weird reason. Uh, Patchwork Crawler. It is a, a two-minute one-two. Blue and one. Pay a blue and two exile target creature card from your graveyard and you put a plus one counter on Patchwork Crawler. And then Patchwork Crawler has all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with it. So I know a lot of people have messaged me about like combo decks with this and Pioneer um, because you can just eat like Incubation Druid and any card that says untap it. Or, like untap itself. Because uh, I know like Goldfish posted a video about Glimmer Bell or something like that as pay to untap itself. Right. So you can make like infinite mana and then in Pioneer you have like Finale um, other stuff. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, like, I, I think the card's okay. I It's a worse Necrotic Ooze. At least for modern sake. Like, if you were going to play, uh, you know, if you wanted to do something similar in modern, you'd probably just play Necrotic Ooze. Uh, but, the cool thing about the card, you can Coco into it. Yeah. I, it's, it's just, I can't imagine the... What... It's, it's confusing. Like, how... Like... So you would have to... How, how many cards would need to exile to get, like, infinite mana, I guess? You just need be... two exiled under it. Glimmer Bell and Incubation Druid. Okay. So... And then there's also... You can play Zerda, or whatever the fox was, that says activated abilities are two less. Oh, yeah, Zerda, the uh, companion. One. Yeah, and then there's, like, another card. Like, there's, there's a couple things you can do. Okay. That it's, it seems pretty powerful. It just seems like a lot of mana to get the combo. No, I, I don't think it's like anywhere near like this card's breaking the game. No, <laughs> right. But I definitely think it's something that like it wouldn't surprise me um, if like there was a Pioneer deck that was a combo deck. Because there, there was a... It was Displacer and something else. 
Oh, Biomancer familiar? Okay. Right. Okay, yeah, that's uh, abilities cost two less to activate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that would help. That would be a big help. I don't know. It, it, I think it's, I think it'd be a fun gimmicky combo deck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cole, I'm but... really not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would, I would. If someone says like, "Hey, check out this my deck list. It's built around Patchwork Crawler." I, I definitely want to check it out. See, it would just take like somebody that's not me to message you about it. <laughs> right. Somebody would be like, hey, Brett, look at this Patchwork Crawler deck. And you're like, oh, my God. Cole, this is the best combo deck of all time. I do send you a lot of stupid shit. You like, do. I was like, hey, you built... Uh, uh, I had the... Uh, they added Siege right onto Yawgmoth. Like, hey, Cole, you've been building it wrong this whole time. <laughs> yeah, you sent me another one recently, too. Yeah, it was the Yawgmoth, but with uh, Blue. Um, it, was, it, was, it was very wild. I have to look it up. It was, uh, play, oh, it was a deck uh, list. To play what's that dude? The... Malvoyant Hermit. Yeah. And dress down the board. Like that's the only blue. Um, yeah, that's pretty great. I said you pretty good stuff. I don't know. I was almost sold on that one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, on onwards to black. Yep. All right. First one I have is Art Ghoul of Thraben. Uh, two and a black for a 3-2 zombie cleric. Uh, whenever Arc Ghoul of Theramon or another zombie control dies, look at the top card of your library. If it's a zombie card, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. If you don't put that card, if you don't put that card into your hand, you may put it in the graveyard. So I will be real. This one was talked about on MTG Rants. Uh, Ross actually thought that this may be better than... Uh, the other zombie card that I can't think of the name and I don't want to scroll through. I mean, he thought this was better than whatever card I'm thinking of. The I, I gotta find it. I'm sorry. Is it it's, the dude that draws cards when things die? Right. Yeah. He thought this may be better. He thought it was better. I should say. It, oh, that's crazy. Uh, Todd Anderson did not agree to put it mildly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. But it, I guess in the zombie deck, if you you could play both, I guess you could say. I don't know. I think zombies got a lot of really good support. But yeah, yeah. I, I, so I know too. that. I know we talked about it because we're gonna. I, I I know for at least for my list, there's a card on it. I don't know if for your list, um, if there's a card on it that that'll fall under. Well, we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Right. Yeah. That that's why I wanted to bring this one up because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I do. I definitely agree. I think it's good. Yeah. The next card, this this card, the next card is one we talked briefly about. It's a lot of people are hyping this card. That's uh, Blood Fountain. It's black for artifact. When Blood Fountain enters the battlefield, create a blood token, uh, which is a artifact. It's very similar to a clue tokens. You pay one, tap, discard a card, sacrifice this artifact, all that to draw a card. So very similar to to a clue but it's one mana and you discard a card draw a card also three to black tap sack blood fountain return up to two card two target creature cards from your hand to your graveyard uh kind of a, a lot going on with this 
I, uh, what, one place I'll start is I wish we had this for the uh, and we talked about this earlier. I wish I had this for the Gorios Vengeance deck. Just another cheap uh, discard enabler for two mana. You t- two mana discard a card, and it's and you can pay it in you can't pay it in installments. You play back. You can play this on turn one. Then on a later turn, you have this the the blood token where you can discard a card and then you can uh, go for Gorios Vengeance place. Uh, so I, and it has uh, just other red value creatures, so you can buy those back if you care about it, like Bone Crusher Giant, Season Pyromancer, stuff like that. I think the deck really wanted this card, but uh... well, with how much we uh, did not like Asmora, <laughs> I know you hated that card so much. Yeah, she is not very good. No, I, I mean the best part is when she enters play, get the better, <laughs> get the better card. Get I get the cookbook. Um, yeah, I did. I didn't care for Esmora either. No, but I, Blood I, Fountain I, I though. Yeah, I definitely think Blood Fountain has a lot of a lot of text on it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, cool. So moving on, I have Blood Vile Purveyor, two black black for a. A vampire creature, a 5-6 for 4 mana. That's uh, a big old boy. It's a big old boy. Uh, also on it, whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player creates a blood token. So they get they get rewarded for that, for the blood tokens. Uh, the flip side is, whenever blood vial purveyor attacks, it gets plus 1, plus 0 for each blood token defending player controls until end of turn. So I've never seen have... such an oddly beneficial punishment card <laughs> right it's like yeah i'm giving you all these kind of like uh like weird redraw things you know these rummages and then also this thing's like a 10-6 yeah the combos play this with Quine the great creator so they can't do anything with the blood tokens jesus <laughs> find your combo got it <laughs> or or stone stony stony silence do that instead that's not legal in these... pioneer Oh, all right. Fine. Card the Great Creator. All right. You play uh, uh, Revoker. It's named the Blood Vials. Yeah, but but I do. Oh, no, like wait, those this aren't cards. Those aren't real cards. Never mind. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Well, fake cards then. Fake cards. But I do like this. It's just a huge chunky body, a flying trample yes. for four mana, and if they cast you know other non-removal spells, they just that it, it gets bigger on attacks. It, it, it's it, it's kind of feel bad. It's like they, you play this for four mana. Like, all right, got my big boy out there. And then they kill it and they get a blood token also. I'm like, oh. Yeah, but the so investment it, for a 5-6 is not that bad on it. Like four mana? No. I mean, the body, it, really chunky boy. So I do like it still. Yeah, like, I mean, like if you're on curve as a vampire deck and you're just sitting there and you're like, yeah, all right, here's a, here's like my one drop, my two drop, my three drop, and then my four drops a 5-6 and... You kill it and then you just make a blood token. It's like okay, whatever. <laughs> right. Like not okay, cool. Yo, yeah, I, th- I think it's, this card's very cool. I like it quite a bit. Uh, next on my list is this one. I liked a lot. This is Dying to Surf. It's two and a black for an enchantment. Whenever you discard one or more cards, oh create God. a tapped two-two black zombie creature token. Only triggers once a turn. I think it's cool. I like it. 
You like, have been hyping this card up since you saw it. No, oh, I know. Tell everybody out there right now. I no, he it's combos with Guy Reach Sanitarium. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's good. <laughs> has to be. Yeah, has, has to be good. To, has to be. And your thought seizes also make two twos. If you get two of them, you make four four worth of stats. I think definitely the selling point is they're not decayed. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Um, yeah, I, was, I just thought like you could play like Guy Chain Terms, the, the obvious one that stands out to me, where you just play that land and you can uh, you make some zombie tokens. Like this is a a potential like win condition. I definitely think for at least Pioneer, like it, if you were to play it in zombies uh, with. Uh, crit breaker um when you discard a card you make two two twos right yeah that's true yeah that's where i immediately thought of it but i don't know if that would be if i don't know if this would be a did it go in the zombie deck i almost think of this as an alternative way to win the game but i don't know no I, like yeah I, i'll agree on that because i definitely think uh <laughs> the zombie deck just rather have like better creatures right yeah i think so too and this does require a discard a card effect. I, oh, I guess it only ha it has to be you that discards a card too. Anyway, I think it's I think it's I think it's pretty sweet though. I do like it quite a bit. Next, I have this headless rider. Three mana for a three one creature zombie. Uh, whenever headless rider, another non token zombie you control dies. Create a two two black zombie creature token. Yeah, it's a Xanthrid Necromancer except for zombies. Right. Yeah. I I like it. I think I think for the zombie deck, like it it fits the it fits what you want. <laughs> right. Uh, next I have is uh Path of Peril, one black black for a sorcery, destroy all creatures with two mana value or less, or alternatively you could cast it for its cleave cost, which is four white black, so six mana to destroy all creatures. This one I actually didn't have on my list initially, but um, I kind of went back and thought, meh, kind of. Uh, this one, a lot of people have been talking pretty highly of, at least for standard. Right, Pioneer. yeah. It's, it's like different damn. Right, yeah. It was. It, this was in the context of modern, and I thought this doesn't seem very doesn't seem very good for modern personally. And six man is a lot for a board wipe, especially in that format, and like damage is so much better. I think. Well, also, yeah, but... like, the best board wipe in modern is, uh, is uncounterable. Yeah, that's true. So it's really hard to argue with that. Yeah, I almost, like, I, I, I don't quite see it for modern, personally. It was discussed, and that's why I, I did want to include it, but I still, like, I, I still don't quite see it. No, but I mean, I, like, I don't know, we'll have to see. Yeah. Oh, I just missed a card. This one I talked about a lot with you. I thought this card was very good. Um, I must have just deleted it on accident. But it's Graph Reaver. I oh, yeah, this, this, this is one. the card I was going to bring up. Yeah. No, this card, I, I, I think I messaged you about this, and I thought this card was very good. It's two mana, so one in a black for a 3-3 three, three zombie warrior with exploit, so you may sacrifice a creature when it enters play. When Graph Reaver exploits a creature, destroy a target planeswalker. And at the beginning of your upkeep, Graph Reaver deals one damage to you. 
I really like this card a lot. You just sacrifice your worst creature, or just him, and it just destroys a Planeswalker. Or just, if not, it's just a 2-mana 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, I think for the, I know for the fact of, like, standard and pioneer zombies, I think it's, like, the best 2-drop they could have asked for. Oh, right. Yeah, I think like, it's very good. Like, uh, Champion of the Perished into this thing, that is 5 damage on the board. <laughs> right, yeah. I really just, I think, yeah, I think the best parts, it's just like a very good body for its stats, and it just has the add text of you can just destroy a planeswalker. Yeah, like it has text on like, like you're like, oh, there's a big Tef, like I can't beat it. Well, now I can. <laughs> right. Because like a lot of decks like that, they'll like build a wall around big Tefers, and it's like, okay, well, I'm never getting through. Right. And this card just kills them, just nukes them, <laughs> straight up. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Why am I? It's missing a few cards. Okay. So the next one I have is a card. I think you. I think you like this more than I do. Uh, Henrika Dominathi. Oh, uh, the, the Nighthawk. Yeah. 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 Two black black for a one three flyer. It's being combat your turn. Choose one that hasn't been chosen. Each player sacrifices a creature. You draw a card and lose a life or transform uh, Henrika Dominathi to a three four. Uh, Flying Death Touch Lifelink creature, and you pay three mana. Each creature you control with Flying Death Touch and or Lifelink gets plus one, plus zero into end of turn. Uh, sell me on this one, because I, I, I think, know you I like this I think it's okay one. for standard. I mean, Rankle yeah. saw a lot of standard play. That's true. I mean, this and, is, and this, Pioneer this, play. This is no Rankle. I'm gonna, a lot of people hear me say that, and they're like, well, this isn't Rankle. I'm like, yeah, I get that. It's not. Like, Rankle was a hasty 3-3. Three, three. Right. Uh, but, like, the card has text on it. Like, each player sacks a creature, which is pretty relevant. Uh, and it's the beginning of combat. Rankle had to get in. That's 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 fa completely fair. Yeah. And, like, you can go straight into transforming her into a three. So, so you can play her um, and then just immediately flip her. Right. Yeah. Into, into a Nighthawk that, like, anthems other Nighthawks. So, like... I think she's fine. I, I like yeah. her. I'm not super high on her. I don't think she's the best thing ever. But, like, I definitely think that for a 4-mana 1-3 that turns into a 3-4 immediately is not bad. Right. And then and then if you don't want to turn her, you can, like, each player sacks a creature, each player, you draw, and it's only you draw a card and lose life, too. So right. she replaces herself, like, yeah. and then if you ever flicker her, <laughs> you can do it again. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 yeah, I missed a few black cards. I'm gonna circle back to one Dreadfest Demon. This is what oh, we talked no. about. The, uh, I, I won't go too deep on this one because we it, it was discussed last week in the uh, I guess the the uh, the outro the, oh, the added content. content bonus content. Yeah, uh, the seven mana for a six six uh, flying demon. Uh, so good stats at the beginning of your end step. Sacrifice a non demon creature. If you do create a token, that's a copy of Dreadfest Demon. So if you don't answer it right away, it's 12-12 flying worth the stats. And then you get 24, 20, up to 24-24 stats <laughs> the following. And then up to 4, you know, it just keeps going. It's a kill-on-sight card, but it, demons are so cool. Like expensive uh, demons in the black color. I think they're awesome. They're, uh, this you're one. a sucker for them. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's cool. It just it it will win like if you if you get the trigger for seven mana. 
I definitely okay. think it's it's a cool card. I'm, I will yeah. I will give it that. That's that's all I wanted, Cole. That's all I wanted. So I'm move on to the next card. Um, everyone's ready for us to move on from that one. Soren the Mirthless is my next one. This is our first Planeswalker. It's a Soren Planeswalker for four mana, four black black for four loyalty. Soren Planeswalker. Uh, look the plus one ability. Look at the top card of your library. You may reveal it and put it in your hand. You if you do lose life equal to its mana value. Uh, it has a minus two ability. Create a two three black vampire creature token with flying and lifelink and a minus seven ability to deal 13 damage to any target you gain 13 life uh i think this card's pretty good i i like it a lot i've had people tell me they don't like it i i like it a lot i i i don't know how you can not like it i i think it's pretty strong this the plus ability draw a card well you know you you do reveal it and you lose life the minus ability create a two three the 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 minus ability seems so good, like we played Gideon which made a zero for a two two. Uh, you know Gideon was a standard Hall of Fame Planeswalker, but this creates a two three flying lifelink creature. I mean that's that's a good body. I also uh, I also just like a sword that doesn't care about the tribe. If I'm be honest. It, I do feel like recently, because you know, 2019 was just an absurdly powerful uh, year for Magic cards, and then I'll, after that, Planeswalkers are so like tribal or focused on doing this thing. Like he's card so, advantage. He's yeah. Um, he'll make, he protects himself, and like a two three lifelinker is not a joke. No. At at worst, you just make two of these tokens over the over those two turns, and those are good bodies. And a lot of spots. Yeah, they block super well too. Yeah. Yeah, I think this card's really good. It yeah, like you said, it doesn't care about the tribe. Doesn't care about like zombie synergies like Liliana planeswalkers have recently. It's just well, a so good I will planeswalker. Admit, like this, one of the best swords we've ever gotten was a three mana sword that does care about vampires. Oh sure. But like that one was also just absurd. Yeah. In comparison to other swords, this one. Doesn't care about the tribe a whole lot. Gives you card advantage at a reasonable mana. Like, I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. Also, the yep. alt art is Castlevania artist. Like, <laughs> sold. Sure. If if you're happy, I'm happy, Cole. Good. You better be. Okay. The last black card I have is uh, Valdarin Bloodcaster. It's one in a black for a 2-1 flyer. Uh, that has uh, whatever Voldaren, Bloodcaster, or another non-token creature you control dies, create a blood token. And when you can, uh, whenever you create a blood token, if you control five or more blood tokens, transform Voldaren, uh, Voldaren Bloodcaster to uh, a Blood Bat Summoner. It's hard to read, apparently. It's a 3-3 flyer uh, that has big combat every turn, up to one target blood token you control becomes a 2-2 black bat with creature with flying and haste in addition to its other type. So you just flip this after you make a bunch of tokens and you just make a bunch of 2-2 flyers. Yeah, I, I like it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a lot of blood tokens you have to create, though. Oh, yes, agreed. But there's a lot oh. of synergies with blood tokens in the set. Right. Yeah, you don't, you don't just play this and hope that five of your creatures die and then you get to flip it. You, you, you play some... Uh, Blood and uh, creators cards to help. And there's a lot in the set. 
Yeah, there are. Most most vampires have it attached to them some way or another. Yeah. So that's actually all I have for black. Is there anything that you could think of that I missed? No, that definitely nailed it for me. Yeah, there's a lot of black cards. Pretty good, pretty good for black. Ah, uh, the first red card is a very powerful one. Alchemist Gambit. It's one red red for a sorcery, and it has a has a flip card or a cleave card. Uh, flip card as well. Well, well right, yeah, I forget the word. It's a split card. For one red red, you could take an extra turn off this one during that turn. Damage can't be prevented. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game with Exile Alchemist Gambit. Or you pay 7 total mana for blue, blue, red to take a turn after this one. Damage can't be prevented and exile the card. So 3 mana. It's similar to uh, Glorious End. Take an extra turn, or end the turn, lose the game next end step. Or to 7 mana time walk. That And also add a clause of damage can't be prevented. This seems kind of kind of scary with a with we already have a all runs epiphany that's huge and standard and they just now they get another seven man time walk oh yeah because you know good old standard and time walks apparently (sighs) yeah the time walks are they're just not fun cards and i played dexes of fate before i get it Oh no, I agree. I I don't think time walks are, are super fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, um. It's never yeah. fun to sit there and then, you know, you're like thinking about your next turn, and you're like, all right, I might be able to turn it around here, and then, the old time walk, and you're like, oh, never mind. It does exile though, so you don't you don't get extra copies of this. Well, so did all runs, I think. Oh, you might be right. I think well, I'm thinking next. I always think next is a fate where just like no, instead he'll go back into your library. <laughs> what a mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah, not not great. Uh, but yeah, let's uh let's move on to cemetery gatekeeper. This one's really cool. One in red for two one uh, vampire creature with first strike. When cemetery gatekeeper enters the battlefield, exile a card from a graveyard. Whenever a player ca- plays a land or casts a spell, if it shares a card type. With the Exile card, Cemetery Gatekeeper deals two damage to that player. Uh, Cole, how scared should we be of this card? Uh, a lot of people think it's really busted, and honestly, I've watched some videos on it. Uh, it definitely can do some. It can do God's work, that's for sure. I think it was Emma Handy who said that that Burn may be interested in a card like this. Yeah, there are some. Uh, uh, there are some people talking about replacing Party Eidolons for this. That's, I mean, Party Eidolon, he is a rude card. Yes. It, it, uh, usually my party is over when that hits the table. Uh, he brings the party and I don't want any part of it. <laughs> right. He's that overly drunk friend and I'm trying to get away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, he's a 2-1 first striker, which is good. You know, we talked about that on Thalia. Yeah. Um, and then just like, donking your opponent for lands is pretty pretty good <laughs> right uh yeah uh next i have is uh oh i, I miss chandra uh we're gonna go chandra chandra dressed to kill one red red for three loyalty uh legendary chandra planeswalker uh plus one add red chandra deals damage to one damage to a target player planeswalker 
plus one ability, another one. Exile the top card of your library. If it's red, you may cast it this turn. And minus seven, exile the top five cards of your library. You may cast red spells from among them this turn. You get an emblem with, whenever you cast a red spell, this emblem deals X damage to any target where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Cole, I'll be honest, I'm not terribly high on this card, but I know that it's, it's, it's a card that people talk about. Yeah, I, I definitely think the uh, the card advantage part having to be read is a little disappointing, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I think I'd be more sold on this card if the card advantage part didn't have to be read. If it was, like, Torch. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So, like, they definitely lost me there on that one, unfortunately. I think it's okay, though. Like, for probably, like, standard aggro and stuff, like, I think it's fine. Yeah, just like mono red and just it is kind of card draw and um it's ramp. Yeah, I mean most Chandras nowadays have make mana. Right, 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 right. Like make a red or do something or ping something or we can't have a six mana Chandra all the time. No, that's true. Plus two put an emblem on your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Gosh. So heavy. Uh, next one, I, I like. Oh this wait, I'm sorry, part. I forgot. Flavor text can't be countered. <laughs> oh right. I mean that was that was basically the entire card that you cared about. Uh, next, I have is dominating vampire. One red red for a three three creature vampire. When dominating vampire enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of vampires you control until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. So it reminds me of the uh, Steely Boy in Eldrazi. Uh, Obligator. Blanking on the name. Yeah, Eldrazi Obligator. I feel bad for not knowing, for not just knowing that offhand. Yeah, no, it's insane. Right, but this this has the for three mana. It has active treason built in. Uh, it's kind of dependent on how many vampires you have, but I do feel like this could just be a strong card where you just all right take this attack you really hard. Oh yeah, and... I, I like it. I think all the vampire support is nice though. No, I think so too. Right. Uh, I yeah, I, it just seems really good. And uh, my, I don't think I said this on the cast, but my intro into Magic: The Gathering started uh, uh, with the Android app, and it was very common for you to like active treason. I was like, oh, this is just like this is this defines Magic: The Gathering is active treason. I <laughs> well, still the AI active treasons me for the twelfth time. Right. And then they have one blocker, the idiot. I have active treason. <laughs> that was just normal magic play patterns. And don't feel bad if you're like, all right, active treason, deal five. All right, here's your creature back. That's just part of magic. That's just how you play. And then you get like higher up where you are playing like aristocrats, so you're playing like sack outlets and stuff. Oh. So then you active treason your opponent's thing and then sack it. Oh, with the first thing that time that happened, I was blown away. I was like, wow, that is a good old awesome two gohas. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure in, in my app it was, it was much, much worse, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, Dominating Vampire. Back to that. It's a good card. I like it. Oh, yeah, I, I like it too. Uh, next, I have this one. We, you demanded that we had talked about this, so here we go. Maniform oh, Hellkite. Yeah! <laughs> Two red, red. Eat your heart out. <laughs> Two red, red for 4 4. Dragon for flying. So four mana, four four flying. When you cast a non-creature spell, 
Create an XX Red Dragon Illusion creature token with flying and haste where X is the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. You exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. All right, standard players, you like blue-red spells? You like blue-red spells, <laughs> standard players? What if we brought you a dragon to go with it? <laughs> Golly. I, I think, oh, man. Cast all runs, make a 7-7. Seven, seven. You know, maybe Lotus Field can play this and then continue to storm off and you just bank a bunch of idiots. And then like kill your Henry. opponent. Yeah, you just like two, two yeah, cast hidden strings, make a two two, cast portal of pages, make a five five. That's seven damage right there. Yeah, and then and you're ramping like okay, I, mean, I don't really think it goes in that deck, but it just you know, you you win the game, you can win the game with the card. Oh yeah, oh it's yeah. not too embarrassing. I mean, yeah, like like I said, hell and standard. If you just take an extra turn with it, it's seven damage right there. Oh, Jesus Christ. And that's yeah, not even that's... saying if that thing can attack or not. There could be 11 damage. Right. And then you also have Goldspan Dragon in the format. Ugh. That's, yeah. Welcome, welcome to Dragon Hell, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, seems pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, next, I have uh, Vampire's Vengeance. Two and a red for an instant... Vampire's Vengeance deals two damage to each non-vampire creature. Create a blood token. So I just immediately thought of this as um, we have Pyroclasm and Modern for one red deal two, um, and then there's uh, gosh the Eldrazi uh, Devoid. Kozilek's Return. Yeah, I'm, I'm apparently I'm really bad with card names. This is very similar to that, and you also get the blood token too. So I thought maybe this could be interesting. Maybe is it a rare? It is uncommon. Uh, Vampire's trying, Vengeance. Trying to find it. Yeah, I just what they got me was like it is a pyroclasm for one extra mana, but you get a blow token too, so it kind of allows you to dig a little bit deeper, like keep digging. Oh, there it is. Oh, but it's an instant. It's an instant. Yeah. 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 I. I uh, yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Maybe not so much now, but I. I don't think it's so bad. There's there's a world. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a world that I think it it, it could be uh, could be a good card, but it also just like you, it's competing with Pyroclasm at two mana. Yeah, so. but Pyroclasm is a sorcery. Right, right. This I guess maybe this uh, um, the the Eldrazi um, Kozilek's return is probably more competitive against that. Actually, that's probably a lot of cases it's probably better than Kozilek's return. Uh, well, Coastal Extra Turn kills Ariok Champion. Right, I guess that's the only thing is it since it's devo it's color it's a colorless spell, gets around stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Cole. I just have one card left. It's not Reality Smasher. It's v Volatile Arsonist. Three red. red Glorybringer. For... <laughs> yeah, for Glorybringer. <laughs> Three red red for four four uh, creature human werewolf with menace and haste. Whenever this creature attacks, it deals one damage to each of up to one target creature, one target player, and one and or one target planeswalker, and it has daybound. The backside is a 5-5 uh, five, five with Menace and Haste, uh, Dire Strand uh, Anarchist. Uh, so 5 mana, 5-5, five, five, Menace Haste. Uh, when this creature attacks, it deals two to each of uh, player, creature, and planeswalker. Uh, but... Yeah, this is one that we definitely wanted to talk about. It's not it's not a you 
It's not Glory Bringer. It's not a Reality, Reality Smasher. Smasher. Yeah. This seems all right, though. Yeah, I think also just it gives uh, Standard Werewolves a, a way better like top-end card. Right, yeah, just like it has haste and menace like which yeah we kind of talked about before menace and trample they're they're different cards like menace you have to have a second blocker and trample the damage gets through so it's really really tough to evaluate but menace i, I would argue might be a little better even if it's four four as opposed to five five because you have to have two bodies yeah yeah i, I it does, like it it deals one one damage at the very least somewhere or two or multiple spots yeah. I, yeah, I like I said, I, I I I'm a fan of it. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool too. Uh, so that's actually all I have for red. Is there anything? I, there's something I could easily miss. Uh, is there something that that you? Spot? No, I always keep it up there. Uh, yeah. There's nothing really. I mean, yeah, not really. Yeah. Honestly, the Vampire's Vengeance is a good good catch. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Well, I'm more than good look sometimes. Well, well, don't go too far. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll... I'll stay in line. Okay. On to everyone's <laughs> favorite color, uh, green. Uh, Ascendant Pack Leader is where we're going to start. It's a green for, for a 2-1 creature wolf, so 1-man, 2-1. It enters the battlefield with a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it if you control a permanent with mana value 4 or greater. So it could be just 1-man, 3-2, right off the bat. And whenever you cast a spell with mana value 4 or greater, put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. So this is kind of a green stompy style card where... It's just a green for one man two one, and as you kind of build your board state, it just gets bigger. Oh yeah, yeah, chunky green. It seems like uh, this is a pretty good card <laughs> for it. Good old chunky green. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. What? Uh, any, any other thoughts? I mean, no, not really. I mean, it, it is what you said it was. Like, there's no real secret to it. There's nothing like behind the behind the lines on it uh i definitely they they spoiled it late and i was really worried because like werewolves and standard doesn't have a whole like a really good like early game one drop or anything right uh and this thank god is a wolf that fits that so right let's let's go ahead and look at his bigger brother a cemetery prowler it's a one green green for a three th four uh wolf with vigilance whenever cemetery prowler enters the battlefield or attacks exile card from a graveyard Spells you cast cost one generic mana less to cast for each card type they share with cards exile with creature prowler. So this one, uh, there's talk about this among my other friend group. I don't really think it's very good, but I, I don't know. Is it? Are my friends wrong? I think they're wrong. Are they wrong, Cole? I don't think it's that good. This is this yeah. the three mana thing, right? Yeah, three mana, three four vigilance, uh, exile a card. And yeah. it's a it's a reducer. I, I, my initial thought was, it, like we were talking before, it's like, oh, well, what if you exile a artifact and now you just try to KCI someone? Seems weird to, that this is part of that deck, <laughs> like this this wolf. Um, I, that's where I immediately thought was, how can we kind of break it? But I don't know. I I. Someone smarter than me will have to. Right. We'll talk about a card later that has exile a card from a graveyard um, later, but this one's not the one I care about. What are you talking about? I'm talking about... We'll, we'll talk about it. I'll let you know. The multicolored? It's a... Uh, it lacks color. 
Oh God. <laughs> we're we're so green. We're so green. Uh, oh my God. I know. I know. I know. Oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready for you to try to take the rainbow. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't say it, if you don't say the thing, I'm saying it. What you said. Just, you're talking about the, the, that. You the, think that card is better? We'll we'll go over it. Okay. But we're, we're we're in green cards. Though. No, we're, we're you know what? we're right. Yeah, you're right. We're yeah, green. All right. all right, we're green. Yeah. All right, next card. Uh, Cultivator Colossus. This is a big chonky boy. It's a four green green for a star star uh, creature plant beast uh, with trample. Its power toughness equal the number of lands you control. We've seen this before. Uh, and whenever Cultivator Colossus enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand on the battlefield tapped. If you do, draw a card and repeat this process. Uh, so first, disclaimer: this doesn't go infinite with Amulet Titan in a bounce land. So don't let's let's not kid ourselves. Um, yeah, this is just this. It's a big. I don't know. It's hard to. So it enters play. You put a land. You you put all your lands out and you draw that many cards. It seems pretty good for a. I guess seems. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> I I don't even I don't even know, man. I just it seems okay. I, it's okay. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, have... I think it's cute. Yeah. You play with like a Ren and Seven deck, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. Like a putting lands in the play matters deck. Right, and yeah, it's standard. You're playing more honest cards, so it, its floor is basically a seven mass seven seven with trample and uh, potential draw card. Yeah, there's like ramp decks in standard right now. It kind of fits it. Yeah, I mean, it could be just seven mana like eleven eleven or something. With trample, yeah, which is also a big thing because, uh, you know, big dumb creatures without keywords get clogged up real easy. Oh yeah, no, that's true. It's not a big yeah. feels good if you're eleven eleven gets chumped. No, not at all. Okay, uh, next, this one was hyped a lot. It's dig up for green. Uh, one another cleave. So uh, the first. So basically, for green, you can search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Or you can cleave it, which means you pay one black, black, green, search your library for a card, and put it in your hand. Uh, so Diabolic Tutor for four mana, as well as green for five to basic, and put it in your hand. Attune with Aether. Attune with Aether, yeah, slash Diabolic Tutor. I, I think it's good. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's good. Attune with Aether saw a lot of play. Now... Granted, a tomb of the Aether made energy. A tomb of the Aether was too good for standard. They said. Yeah, because it made energy and. Right. Helped you. Uh, helped you filter color. Right. Also, traverse the open wall. It's very similar to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh... yeah it's pretty good. I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, for standard, like. It... Like, you just get this late-game, like, tutor effect. Yeah, I, w I do wonder, like, maybe, uh, like, there was a Sultai, uh, and I'm thinking of Pioneer now, which is kind of, like, premium standard, but I do think if there's, like, a black-green X deck, like, they would definitely be interested in a card like this. I definitely think Sultai, like, a Sultai mid-range deck could easily kind of, like, house this card. Do you think, like, Delirium could be back? No, I guess you'd play... Traverse, but I'm like, could we do this and then play Emrakul? And this is just a tutor for her. I don't know. 
or maybe just maybe just a value. I mean, honestly, though, it makes tutoring for her a lot. And I, like the the problem, the biggest problem with traverse is it loses a grave hate. True. Like rip. That yeah, that's that's true. And this card doesn't lose to rip. Like you can just you're like all right, cute rip. I'll tutor. <laughs> right. Also, this card tutors for anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Straight diabolic tutor is is pretty good. Yeah, like that, that's also a big thing. Just being able to just be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go get a planeswalker, or I'm gonna go get a blah blah blah. Right. I, so I don't Cole, know. I, I I like it. Yeah. So Cole, that's actually all. That's all I had that were interesting to me for green cards. Uh, oh, I, to, I have a big one. Go for it. I don't think I don't know if the cards like crazy or anything, but uh, Uvenwald Oddity. That's why I thought about bringing it up, but um, four mana, yeah. four four haste, baby. And trample. And trample. I don't know why it has to have so many, uh, so many keywords. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you could pay seven mana to transform it to a eight-eight trample haste, and other creatures have plus one plus one trample and haste. Yeah, big big green dumb idiot. It's all right, I guess. Yes, yes, <laughs> big green dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of cool. Art's cool on it. Everything's cool on it. I don't know. It's no uh, questing beast, that's for sure. No, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No questing beast. No. Four four haste. Fucking vigilance. Death touch. Yeah. Can't be chumped, and combat damage can't be prevented. <laughs> yeah. So that so that that'll do it for green. There's like one or two other green cards, but I I don't think it was worth talking about. So we'll move on. No. But knowing us, it'll be like fucking, uh, what's that werewolf that we both play? Oh, Outland Liberator, the one that we t- totally didn't talk about, but that we totally play at the, at the Gamers XP. Yes. Just after. You played two copies, I played one. I mean, to be fair, though, for me, it was never really that relevant. It came up once and it absorbed in a braid. That was it for me. That was its... I think still to this point, that's all it's done in even like other magic events. No, honestly, it's... yeah. No, I, I'm 100% serious. No, no, I played it one other time at some other local thing, FNM style. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. But yeah, that, we uh, yeah we missed that. And we got pun- and we played it so quickly after that, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like what the hell? Who is it? I brought you the card that of it. I was like, oh, here you go. And then you sleeved it up and you played it. Yep. That was, that was, that was so crazy. Okay, uh, first uh, creature. So we're going to do gold first. Kaya Geist Hunter. Uh, Kaya Planeswalker is one white black for three loyalty. Kaya Planeswalker uh, plus one creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature token you control. Oh, I totally uh, misread that card. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, minus two ability. Uh, so it starts at three, then you bring it down to one for this ability until end of turn. If you can, if you, or, I'm sorry, if until end of turn, if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many to- of those tokens are created instead. Pretty strong. And then minus six, exile all cards from all graveyards and create a one-one white spirit creature token with flying for each card exiled this way. So to me, I think the the only the only ability I really care about is the minus two ability. Just that effect seems very strong. Oh yeah, I uh, totally misread this card. 
I thought the plus was like Soren from Cons. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was this plus was your whole team gets plus one plus one and uh and uh death touch. Oh, yeah. Not 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 quite that good, but the minus ability is really good though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, anointed procession or whatever. Right, right, exactly. Um, and, and you know it's on a planeswalker too. We had a, we talked about Luca, which has the uh, that similar thing of the what's it called it, that effect like Frogamine or something. Frogify? No. Oh, polymorph. Trans. Yeah, polymorph. I don't know why I thought it was a frog. Right, anyway. Right. Yeah. This this kind of has that that awesome spell built into this planeswalker kind of thing. So I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I thought maybe black white tokens in modern, which is not a real deck, but I mean, this card. people play it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, lingering souls is still a card in modern. No, I know it, it, that's true. You just like my suit that and then cast lingering souls. If you flash it back on the same turn, you just create eight tokens. Geez, that's a lot of tokens. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, it's a planeswalker. It's three mana, so like, that's usually enough for me. Right. Uh, and just a few more gold cards for me. Uh, next, I have on my list is Torin's Fist of the Angels. One green white for a two-two legendary creature, human cleric with training. That's an only training card, I believe. Whenever this creature attacks with another creature, what? Did you mean only training card that you have on your list, or like? Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Like no, there's. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The only one that we probably will talk about. I don't think there's any training cards. This yeah, is the only yeah, one that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So one green white for. Uh, let's start over. Sorry. Uh, one green white for two two, uh, human legendary with training. Whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a one one plus one counter on this creature. When you cast a creature spell, create a one one green and white human creature human soldier creature token with training that was very hard to read okay I know, you're good i great uh so i immediately thought of uh the, the like uh monastery mentor that's the card this this kind of remind me of that but like all but with creatures and they also have training too so they they get pretty pretty good but it only does creatures, so I'm I'm a little mixed on it. But I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I know I definitely think it's pretty cool, honestly though. Yeah, I don't know. It might see. Eh, yeah, I don't think it'll see play, but just the fact that it was uh, a similar effect, I, I definitely want to bring it up. Yeah, you're knowing us, we'll probably miss it, and then uh, <laughs> it's like the next busted card or something. Right. Okay, so that's it for gold cards. Or anything else? we need to bring up before we start arguing about a one minute artifact i think that's the only colorless card too uh i have one other that's kind of cool you know what no let's let's go to let's go to colorless let's let's do it okay let's, <laughs> let's rip the let's rip the band-aid okay oh we still have, i have one other card dollhouse yeah. no yeah, yeah no yeah start start starting the card before we get there Okay, Dollhouse of Horrors, five mana artifact. Uh, you can pay one tap and exile a creature card from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that exile card, except it's a zero zero contract contract artifact in addition to its other types. 
I did say a zero zero. It's a zero zero contract artifact in addition to its other types, and it has this creature gets plus one plus one for each contract you control. It gets haste until end of turn, uh, only do it at sorcery speed. It just seemed very powerful, so I I definitely wanted to bring it in. I it reminds me a lot of uh, whatever the card from Amonkhet was or our the the oh my gosh I know what you're oh talking my about. god I god know Pharaoh's gift or whatever yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Golly. <laughs> it seems like it might require just a little bit of work. Like, I, I would want this to be in, like, a uh, Karn, sign up Urzon style deck where you just make constructs. Yeah. And maybe Ballistas and stuff like that. And then, I don't know. And then what do you? Then what kind of cards are going to be in the graveyard that you want to exile? I don't know. It seems strong. Like, it seemed cool to me. But it think, does seem like cool it card. takes a lot. There, there's a I chance that cool. somebody breaks it. Yeah, I think it's a cool card, but it. I think there's a lot of work to go around it. Like, okay. I, I, it wouldn't take much to break it. All right, before you get into it, let's talk about lands real quick because those will be fast. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we're all... gonna be on the topic of this thing coming up. Pretty, yeah. Pretty long. Okay, so the notable, notably, they included all the the rest of the slow, slow lands, all the enemy colors. Uh, so this is just like before. Uh, if it's a third land drop or later, it enters untapped. It's a dual land for all the enemy colors, and we already have the all the ally colors. So we finished that cycle. Um, and Faldaren Estate, uh, it taps for colorless, and you can pay one life and add a mana of any color for a vampire spell, and you pay five mana tap it to create a blood token, which costs one generic mana less to cast. Or less to activate for each vampire you, you control. So you can kind of spit up blood tokens if you have a bunch of vampires. Could be interesting. And it's a it's a good mana fixer for, for vampires. Yeah, it reminds I, me a lot of uh, Sliverhive. Except not as a... You know, doesn't doesn't poop out a token. That's and, a, a creature. And that Dragon Haven style card too. Oh yeah, Haven of the Spirit Dragon. Haven of the Spirit Dragon, yeah, thank you. Never really played that card, but that. I, I didn't that either, but it. yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, there's also evolving wilds. Uh, I don't like the art on it too much, though. I think so probably, cool. yeah, probably. I I still think the. Uh, I think it's the dragons of Tarkir one. It's pretty good art for it. For okay, let's talk about land of the lost. That's that's a card I'm really high on. I'll go over the the oracle text. It's one mana for an artifact. When Lantern of the Lost enters the battlefield, exile target card from a graveyard. And it has the another ability, or has an ability, pay one, tap, and exile Lantern of the Lost. Exile all cards from all graveyards, then draw a card. So, do you want me to sell you and the listeners first, or do you want to talk? So I'm going to go first. I'm, I'm going to go send this out. I'm going to okay. send this out first, because okay. I'm going to clarify. I thought when he first pitched this to me, gang that he was trying to sell this better than soul guide for Luris. which he wasn't okay. he clarified that he wasn't okay um because i thought he was insane so i was like why would a Luris deck want to exile their own graveyard and also like soul guide is insane but instead to... yeah okay gang he tried to sell me that this card um i'll let him try to sell it real quick and then we'll get into it Okay, just so we're clear, Relic is has seen play in Merktide decks too. Not and, not a whole lot. 
I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just like saying. I have played against one human that has done that. And I, I beat them. No, did they t- give you the argument? Oh, you tap it on your own cards and make your merchide bigger. No, they, they did not. They, I don't even think they were knew they were supposed to run it or not. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So, I so for me, I, I so I told I told Cole I was like, hey, I think. I run this. So, Amy the Titan, they've had, uh, they've run these style, the Relic of Virginia's card for, yeah, sometimes in certain spots. It's pretty good in this environment now, just having that for free. And you have Urza Saga to go fetch it too. So, that's just really nice. And I talked about my play against Living In in the Hunter Burton event, Hunter Burton Memorial, where I just, the saga went off. I was like, all right, I will get Relic. He was not ready for it. And it was obvious. And then he lost hard. Um, so this has the uh so what I like about this is obviously the ETB trigger I think is pretty strong especially the context of all right the cuz to me there's all there's always one card that you specifically want to get rid of if it's uh and the the best argument I would come up for that I like it more than relic is against the reanimator deck they put Archon in the yard, and then you're, all right, well, I'll nab it with this, with the ETB trigger, and you're still holding up the activation. That's a spot where it's, like, to me, that is kind of the best case for it. There's also um, just other decks where you just want to nab the best card in the graveyard. And I just think that's better. Like, it, it really, if we're being real, it's basically the exact same card as Relic of Progenitus as far as the ability goes. Like, you pay one... And you exile the card. This you, know, you have to tap this one for what's worth. You, you pay one. You exile this card, and you exile all cards from all graveyards and draw a card. That's the exact same text as relic, um, for the most part. But to me, I think exiling a specific card is better than the tap ability of relic, where you just a player gets to choose a card to exile. Like I just think there's spots where the Merktide player or the Something they would just say, all right, I have like three fetch lands. I'll just put, I'll just exile one of them. And it's just kind of a wasted game action. Not wasted, it's just like borderline irrelevant. Right. Right. I would well. I'll say this. <laughs> we'll keep going back. I guess. Uh, I I just it's, it, well. So my so it gets murktide. I, I would say if 
if they cast the Murktide while you have the Relic or Lantern of the Lost or Soul God Lantern, then you either didn't fire the fire it off quick enough, or it, it didn't have a I guess like it didn't have a huge impact anyway. Right. Right, the XL is, is free, and it's... Right, you choose one. You choose a mode. Uh, I just think, like, just nabbing the, the, the precise card you care about is better than... Like, that, that's a, this is the whole argument, right? Right. No, right. That's this is it. This is, this is a whole argument, and I would. Yeah, um, I just don't. I just think like against Dredge, like, like that. This like because it, it, it really we almost have to just go go through the list of matchups where you care about interacting with the opponent's graveyard, like Dred. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they they become effectively the same card. I will say that. Neither. None of the cards matter. Yeah. What would it though? Well, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Asola is a different... It's for a different deck than Land of the Lost. Or Relic. Yeah. I would say, like, if, if like, for me, I, I already told Cole this. I already bought foils of this card because I thought this would be, I, I wouldn't say strict upgrade. I, I, no, I shouldn't, I'm not, I should not use the word strict upgrade. I, I think it's a better card than Relic just because the ETB trigger. And I wouldn't, if someone said, I think I'll run a split, I'm not going to have an argument with them because I think that's a fair assessment. I did, there was a time where I thought when we were running up to two or three copies of Relic, I was like, maybe one should just be Soul Guide Lantern, just for the ETB trigger, because I thought it was that relevant. And having a split, you kind of had that flexibility. You know, Saga goes off, and you like, okay, do I want Relic or do I want to deal with this thing now? Oh, I just well, I mean, that's that definitely possible. But there's just so many times where I just like. I'm like, all right, target you, and they have like 12 cards in their graveyard. Like, all right, um, not this one, and they just don't care. They're like... right. There's there's so many spot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. I would I would say like in a lot of spots, like they're the exact same card. I would say that too.
Or just like one man play it and then another man to just hold up an activation for when you think it, you need to care. No, that's it. I but I got my foil, so I'm happy. And I may, I you know, if I playing, if I consider this card, I may just have a split. I I don't think that's a bad choice. In fact, that may be even just be a better choice. So you just have the added flexibility. Yeah, yeah. So, should you consider card art to to help break the tie too? Maybe the set symbol that's pretty important too. <laughs> uh, oh, but if there's a secret layer art, that would be a pretty big one. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, and that will. I think that'll do it for us as far as the uh, good cards in this set. It's pretty good. Pretty good little. Uh, it's pretty good. And this this one we did not take nearly as long, so that's that's a big win. All right. <laughs> I think we're at a. Uh, we're still under two hours as far as the actual recording. So yeah, nice job. Good good on us. And just one huge argument. So that I think that's also pretty good. That that's true. That's true. I persuaded you to thinking Leonard's better. So yeah, no arguments. <laughs> okay. Um. So let's let's go over the twenty k, and we'll be brief about. I, I'll try to be as brief as possible since we're already cut. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Well, so this tournament the, to because this was pro support. So that we talked about the ten k. That was episode two where we talked about how it took forever to run. It ran till about 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the morning to, for it to finally run, to to finish. So uh, with that in mind, I went ahead and played the main event. Uh, it was run a heck of a lot better than, than the last one. I think it ran 30 minutes late, but I'm going to go ahead and blame the players because people are still, like, running in late. So, you know. Yeah, I think it like they said it was gonna start at like nine thirty. I think it started a little after ten. Um, but I'm gonna run through my games real quick. Uh, I'll try to it. I'll try to be as quick as possible, Cole. So it started off with uh, me sitting down against someone. I, I didn't know hardly any of my opponents this week. I played against Dress Down Shadow and they, I got completely smoked. Uh, in two games. It was never close, and I was very sad. I'm not going to go into too much detail on that. Uh, second game, I won against a weird Jeskai... Uh, this was a weird deck. It was Jeskai... Like, in the turn... Style deck, where he had like cards like Glorious End, and uh, the artifact, the, the Sundial artifact that says, like, pay one, tap it, in the turn, only on your turn. So, to prevent himself from dying... He played Gideon and stuff like that. I didn't think his deck was very good. He seemed to enjoy it a lot, even though he... And he did win... Uh, no, he, sorry. he Maybe he just lost rounds. Anyway, uh, I, I beat him 2-0 pretty... Eh, not too interesting. Uh, not, nothing real, real to talk about. Uh, and then, funny enough, Roger played him in the third round. Um, out of all those people, uh, he got paired against him next. And Roger did win that game, for what it's worth. Uh, going into the third round, um, 
I played against uh, someone who was on Four Color Creativity. This one kind of hurt because I think I would. I, this is a matchup that's good for me. I think I played it pretty well. Uh, the game I game three went down to he had to ferry online. I had a mulligan to five cards, and it was a very mediocre five. It didn't have it, it basically the card I cared to have in the opening hand was engineer explosives. Just like plop it down and set it on zero and say, all right, now when you go for creativity, I have this engineer explosives. And you hope that they don't bounce it with Teferi or something like that. I didn't have it. He was able to instep, instant speed, creativity for primeval titan, got two Valakuts, cast the primeval titan on his his own turn, and I was like, okay, we're 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 done. You're gonna just destroy me. Um, and, oh, there was a moment in game two, the game I won, and I'm I'm gonna be quick about this. I was just kind of frustrated. I was like, all right, I'm gonna transmute because I had uh dryad and I was gonna get summoners back. So I was like, all right, I can play Titan the following turn. And I was like, all right, I'll transmute. It's like, okay. And I'm pick up my deck. And he's like, all right, well, let me do this real quick. I was like, okay. And he like fetches or something. I was like, okay. And then he immediately taps me and he like plays a removal spell and dry. I was like, wait, what's happening? I tell my opponent, and he's, and I was like, where? Are, I was like, where are we? And he's like, it's like, are you responding to my trigger? My deck is my hand. He's like, oh yes, I am. I was like, okay, fine. And then he, anyway, he does that, and I was like, all right, I'll get some respect. And then, uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, game three, he he beats me, and I'm I'm just at this point, I'm like super bummed. Just like I can't, I like I. This was a very winnable matchup, and I just kind of got the the deck kind of betrayed me. It made me go down to five cards, and there's nothing I could have done. Um, round four was against uh just Hammer Time. This was kind of interesting. Uh, I I was able to beat this opponent. I had the main deck Engineer Explosive in my hand. I don't even talk about it. I'm playing Amy the Titan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're running late. <laughs> um, so I made. I had the main deck Engineer Explosive in my hand. So and I see a Lurus. So I'm like, okay, Engineer Explosive is probably okay to have. And sure enough, he's playing Hammer Time. I put it on zero and won my turns. And the, he has a slow, slow hand himself. And like he doesn't have a hand. Like he doesn't have a hammer, but he has the aid. So he gets to the point, I'm like at about 15 life, and he has like four creatures, two Memnites, two Esper Sentinels, like Ornithopter, two um, Springleaf Drums, and stuff like that. I know, And he just played Stoneforge Mystic the turn prior. So I know he has the hammer, at least. That's all I know. So he goes to attack. I'm at 15. I have a Dryad and Grazer. And the past pr- few turns, I did not have... Uh, and I have a Titan in hand. I have a Summoner's Pack, which so I have a Titan in hand. But I did not have six mana. I had a Castle Game Break, three other lands. So I just need any land, and I have Primeval Titan. Because I've tried to fix my mana, because I didn't have green sources. So he goes to attack, and I say, all right, before blocks, I'm going to blow up EE on zero. And most of his mana is through Springleaf Drum ability. So he immediately puts the Hammer and the Shadow Sphere on a single Esper Sentinel. And I, after doing that, I his you know his some of his creatures die, and I go okay. Dryad can properly block the Stoneforge Mystic, and Grazer can just 
block something. I could take 11, go down to 4 or 3 or something like that. The following turn, I drew the land. I had Titan. I had Valka. I was able to kill him uh, straight away. Uh, got double Valka and, and killed him, which was fun. Game 2... Uh, I'm going to try to pick this up a little bit. Game two, he has a, he's able to swing with me at the hammer, take me to nine life on my turn two. I play Grazer to chump block. I have double amulet, which means Titan deal 20. Easy. Uh, last round I played was against Blue Red Murktide. I never had a chance. I don't even want to talk about it. But I was two and three at this point. Well, it was, you know, the notable thing, he was the person I beat to, to make top eight at the Gamers XP, the same person. Uh, he was on... A Jess guy, Murktide, he's a splash white. And I actually have had a decent run against blue-red Murktide, even though it's supposedly a bad matchup. It felt pretty bad this time. It just... They just have cheap counterspell. They have Unholy Heat. They just have Darcy, Ragavan, Murktide. They just have all these... It's a good deck, and it we do not line up very well against it. Like, we have up to three to four caverns that we're playing sometimes to help. It's still, like, questionable. Anyway, he beats me 2-0. At this point, I just decide to drop from the tournament because I'm a little motivated to get out of there because my girlfriend is was leaving that the following morning to go to Disney World. She's actually there at the time, of, at the, at this, of, as of this recording. So I was like, I just want to hang out with her. So I left and I went back the following day. I, I went back on Sunday to play in the other magic event. I played Dress Down Shadow and I went, unfortunately, I went two and three. Um, I'm just going to talk about the games I won because that's the only one people care about. I beat Amulet Titan. That felt pretty strong on Dress Down Shadow. And I, the last opponent, this was on Blue White Control. I'm two and two and I think I'm out for prizes, but, I'm like, but I want to play for, for fun. So. Game one, he has he has a chalice of the void on one, so he wins. That's it. That's all that. That's all that matters. <laughs> Game two, um, we we I I'm doing my best. I'll I'll start there. I'm doing my best. Um, eventually he has uh, it gave him down to two life, and he casts um. I'm sorry, he's he's down to four life, and he has Solitude, and I, he has a Celestial Colonnade activation. I'm at, like, four life, so I'm dead next turn. So I'm just like, all right, deck, do I win? That's where I'm at. I reveal, and without looking, without, like, you know, pick grabbing the card, so I'm at my draw step. I instead just, like, grab the top card, flip it over. It's Kroxa. <laughs> He's at four life. He has uh, two cards in hand. I don't know them. Um, and he's at two life. Uh, they're both one's a land, one's so I win the game, which is great. Game three, I thought sees him at least twice. I know his hand. I take. Uh, I get to the point where I just like thought sees he has like Teferi in hand, or his Hellbent. It has nothing, and I. Play a 3-3 Death Shadow, draws a card, and it's Supreme Verdict. <laughs> he just plays it immediately. I mean, he's like, come on! Because I was so frustrated. <laughs> but it was it was all good fun. Um, 
anyway, I'm not gonna go into it. He he he's able to beat me. I'm able. I finally draw lands to basically cast two drown the locks on his creatures, which is Solitude and Kahira, and then he has Colonnade also. So I can't I can't beat all of them. So he beats me. I go two three. It's pretty overall pretty weak weekend, but it was it was fun. It was good to play some paper magic and the shadow deck. It's so hard. I'm I'm very bad at it apparently, but I just want to play something different. Okay. Thanks for suffering through that with me. <laughs> oh yeah, it it was it was like a still weak tournament. Um, I decided to still I like as I said last week I I was pretty sure I was gonna play Amy the Titan. I was actually the day, the night before I was I had tireless trackers sleeved up because that's why I said that I might play because punt. Uh, amulet player that I've talked about plenty of times. He's on, he's been playing three main deck tiles trackers, and I'm thinking like I don't think I want this card in the main deck. And then I watch Fran play the exact same deck on his YouTube channel, and he says I'd rather it just be Explore. And I tell Fran because he's listening to me through my television. I agree. So I immediately cut the three tireless trackers in the main. And put in two explorers and a turn timber symbiosis and said, "All right, I'm just doing." This cash shit today. I played that instead. And I, 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 you know, the thing was, I looked and I was like, Tower Tracker just kind of sucks. Like, it's good in like very niche spots, but it just sucks, man. I just don't think it's very good. I love Tireless Tracker, but I just do not think it's very good. Like, maybe as a cyborg card where you're just like, all right, Tracker, Landfall, Clue, you know, that kind of stuff. That boomer stuff that I like to do sometimes, I think it's good, but man, in the main deck, I just it just seems so out of place. I'd just rather be almost anything else. Yeah. Okay, so we'll call it there. Thanks, everyone, for checking us out. This was the MTG Painful Truths podcast, episode number nine. We'll catch you guys next week.
I think the difference, though, in that argument against Murktide is, like, Relic lets you pressure their graveyard if they're not doing anything, while this card does not. Like, you get to keep, you get to keep your Relic and keep doing it. Like, I don't know, Modern's a different format from when I was playing with Relic. Um, when I was playing Tron with Relic, because, like, against Blue-White, Relic was really good, because you're like, alright, you know, I'm just gonna keep eating your graveyard, so your Snapcasters are real bad. Um, you know, and, like, as soon as you put a card in there, I'm gonna eat it. Um, against Murktide, even, like, you can do it to keep them off of, uh, you know, if you want to keep the Relic around, you can keep them down on, um, um, Murktide, like, try to keep their graveyard small. And then it gets, like, Yawgmoth, Dredge, and other decks. So, like, Relic has the constant effect of activating, while the card that, the new card does not. The card has a one-time shot, and then you get the activation. Well, I mean, but that's yeah, but that's the thing is like, it the, if they already have it, then it doesn't matter. Like n neither of the three cards we listed matter besides cycling at that point. Like, and Soul Guide doesn't cost anything to draw a card, or no, yeah, it does. It costs one to draw a card. It doesn't cost anything to exile their graveyard. It costs one to draw a card. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's the the argument that Brent and I are having is, is it better to get the one shot nab on a card, or is it better to have an activation every turn? Because 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 really the the bottom activation is the same. But the problem with dredge is like the problem that I have with dredge is like at the time that you're nabbing a precise card where it matters is like turn one to two. And with how dredge is now with like eight cathartic effects, like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, like like it also does like if they hit two dredgers then the card doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, Soul Guide would then be better than both of those cards. Yeah, because it costs zero to activate. These these the two cards we're listing cost one or two. Soul Guide would be better because you get to play it and then shoot it. Um. But Soul Guide and and when Brent and I talked about it earlier, I I said Soul Guide was a completely different card than than both of the cards we we're talking about. Or relic.
I don't know. I just, I guess we just had different games because I've just never had a point where I'm like the ETB would have mattered. Yeah, but I've also had games where, like, you're a Tron deck, you do a turn one, and they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to really get into this game. But Tron is also a bad deck right now. Like, Arceus Dota literally tweeted that the deck is, like, almost unplayable. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I'm I'm indifferent personally about either of them, but I definitely think that I think equivalently almost they're the same card in a lot of scenarios. Like I think you're gonna be in a lot of scenarios where you're like this is the same card as the other. I hate you. I hate you so but I like old cards, so I would say relic. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, we didn't have any huge argument in the last set. No, you didn't. No. This is really just Brent talking, because my Pokemon experience was pretty good, so. It it did definitely run a whole lot better.
<laughs> I'm sure they I'm sure they wanted to hear about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Later.